You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 320th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. It's election day. And this is Tim in Orlando. Hey, this is Matt, and it is still election day as you listen to this. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, I hope you're not standing in line right now because that's going to be a long wait. And this podcast is probably maybe more boring than standing in the line with nothing. So hopefully you got out there yeah. early, uh, like I think all of us did, and uh, and you can listen to this boring stuff on your own time. Well, I only voted early because I knew there was going to be a sweet, sweet time trial uh-huh. on Election Day, and I just didn't want to miss. Yeah. Oh, wait a you're, minute. No, that's not no, true. It, it might be. I reasons. think you're making a it, joke. It might be. I think you've turned on time I trials. I think that was just a... Uh... Is this is this the time trial that where where Roglic is going to put a good minute and a half into Carapace now, and maybe, win the Vuelta? No, it is pancake flat until the last... I think like 1.8 K and then it's 14%. So So who knows? What's the bellwether on if Roglic is going to win? I'm willing to bet that if we look at the start house, we will universally, all cycling fans worldwide will be able to see if the helmet fits, (laughs) he is going to win. If the helmet doesn't fit, he is not going to win. He'll probably win. This is as I brought up last week. And was mentioned in multiple other cycling media outlets. The laser helmet is really on trial here. This is, <laughs> we have had two time trials at the Giro and at the Tour, desi- you know, that decided mm-hmm. the race, mm-hmm. of which a laser helmet played a very big role. One looked halfway decent, one was an abomination, almost to the level of how bad the POC helmet debacle was with the duck on it oh, so so good come on gentlemen rogue w- will the roglitch helmet fit and i have not checked roller derby to see the odds on this but i am curious your thoughts i i think definitely i think he's probably gonna try it on multiple times on monday on the rest day just to make sure mm-hmm. um different like drink a lot of water put it on again make sure his head doesn't swell oh. or something yeah so <laughs> the uh the actual time trial which i know you guys probably aren't that excited about but um Vodders tweeted out uh that the probably the only actual comparison we can draw from uh is the 2019 Giro stage 9 time trial they were all three in uh Roglic Hugh Carthy and uh Carapaz Roglic uh, mm-hmm. obviously he won that one uh it was a 30 or 35k time trial also finished on a climb. Hugh Carthy not that far back, a minute 30 back, and Carapaz 155. So, what do you think that does for this uh, Volta little guy? Any different than you expected? No, I think he's pretty good. And I mean, I think beyond those guys, Dan, Martin, Moss, Poles, those guys aren't going to make up that much time. Mm. It's going to reshuffle. It's going to be good though because. Primos is going to be back in the driver's seat again, which I like all these lead changes. And then we're going to have another crazy week Mm -hmm. of Volta with uh, Carapaz and Carthy having to attack. Because then we just basically it's bumpy and then a couple big uphill days and then we're in Madrid. So it's going to be good. It is. It's brilliant. I'm super stoked. The Volta is fantastic. Today was great to see with uh, Hugh Carthy getting onto the podium, displacing dad of the peloton dan martin um i'm liking the volta this climb what what, what do they even i mean what's the i you know i'm gonna the ang you can you can just say it Angular? by its well-known english version the angry lou the angry lou thank you <laughs> that that actually that that helps me better 
since I had a stroke and everything and my pronunciations are bad before you guys start writing emails to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com about how horrible my, my speech is. Um, so the angry Lou was fun. Great. Quickly becoming oh, an epic sure. climb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think there's only eight times they've done it. Um, it's great. Little guy. Mm-hmm. Your race previews over on the Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel, which, by the way, has a 1,000 subscribers. Yes. Thank you for everybody. Have been pretty good. I like how you use the Duplo Legos. <laughs> Thanks. Made your dad shout out right yeah. there. Loved it. Yeah. I used a wooden train to do the dolly shot, too. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fantastic. That's amazing. The, That's the amazing. dolly shot was pretty good. The the dolly shot was pretty good. The the tracking it was a it was a very good tra- tracking shot. Um, I think you need to have a boom mic. Can you can you get Tom Boone and Tom Boone and start mm-hmm. working the boom mic just so you get a little bit better sound? Well, yeah, um, I, I had to work the dolly and I had the mic and yes, there was a little loud. I couldn't find anything with uh, big enough to hold the phone that had rubber little, wheels. I'm sorry. Little WD forty on there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little guy. That this last week has been super. It's classic Volta where there's just these random, like, one and a half kilometer, 10% climbs at the end of a really long stage. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I, it's totally brilliant. Mm-hmm. And Spencer, they're like sprint stages when they have a sweet climb a at bit. the end, right? Yeah, a little bit like the uh, classics. I like, I think I think the Volta uh, always does a good job. They're always, like, trying new stuff and getting weird over there at the end of the year because uh, nobody's paying attention. Um, this year, I think people are paying a little more attention, uh, but they've also got to cram it all into two weeks. So it's like week after week of or day after day of wild stuff because they've got a compressed it's timeline. So I, it's amazing. I don't know how 18 days is a two-week grand no. tour, but I will say this. I don't know either, guys. It is an amazing compromise from what we've always wanted. Take away three stages. It's that much better already. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think that um, the... The Vuelta, you know, because like ASO owns both the Tour and the Vuelta. So you've got like the varsity team at the Tour that's like, oh, this is this is how we do it. Every year we start here and then we go to the Pyrenees and then the Alps and there's some sprint stages and it's like a formula, right? And it's like, this is, this is how the big boys run their show. The Vuelta are like the young upstarts. These are the people looking to make a name for themselves. And they look at it and they're like, oh. Let's just make every stage finish like for Alejandro uh-huh. Valverde, where it's just amazing, where he can secure a top 10 overall. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Turns out the riders don't really like it sometimes when this happens because it depends on how the UCI wants to enforce uh, time gaps when you have sprint uphill finishes. Yeah, well, it's more about them changing it. Yeah. They, 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 had, they had made it yeah. one way, and then they changed it. And then riders didn't know they had to close that gap quite so closely. Yeah. So uh, for those not totally in the loop on what happened, uh, causing a rider protest and a sternly written letter uh, to the UCI from the Peloton. um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Apparently, uh, the UCI commissaires announced at the beginning of the stage this was going to be uh, three-second gaps at the finish for timing purposes. Uh, so the GC guys, we're not going to have to worry too closely about gaps at the finish. Um, and so everybody was like, cool. And they started out and they did their stage. And at the end, the UCI changed their mind and changed it to one second gaps. And uh, that caused a, a change in leadership at the top. Uh, it it changed a lot of things and everybody was unhappy just to be clear, was Roglic also unhappy? Even though yeah, he so he was, um, or at least it says so in the okay. letter. Um, what a great yeah, the letter, fellow. Yeah, the letter says... Um, he probably learned that kind of sportsmanship the, in the winter. The Olympics. letter actually says, quote, the protest towards the situation includes not only the team that lost the jersey due to this ruling, but the team that gained the jersey. It is supported by the entire peloton of the Volta 2020. And, um, you know... I thought I thought that was great. So, it's a, all right. Yeah. Let, let's 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 break into this letter, Spencer. You did a great job of sharing this letter. I didn't even know it existed. But we've all been around groups of what 150 people. There's always like one jerk that is not going to sign on to something. Yeah. 
Like, I, I have my guesses on who the one rider is that wouldn't sign on to this. Okay. Right? Like, I, I'm just looking at this. It, it says uh-huh. unanimous. Like, th- there's got there's always one person that you're just kind of like, mm, okay. I don't know about that, right? Like, who, who are you? Everyone agrees the they're bus? turning left, and then these guys. You know, I mean, do do I really need to, you know, say say the the American rider that more than likely is not a hundred percent on board to, oh, you know, exciting things that I've, other right. riders and well, the sporting public loves. No, you don't. I uh, <laughs> I think they probably had one representative from each team. Here, here's here's the thing. Okay, um, the letter was was mailed uh, to uh, mailed out. By Paul Martins from <laughs> Yellow Lotto or Jumbo Visma, as it's better known. Uh, Visma is a small Norwegian um, software company, if you weren't aware. Um, but uh, most importantly, I think, Tim, normally I would agree with you in a group, in a random group of 150 random people. Yes, of course, there's always going to be some sort of detractor. But if those 150 people are supposed to give their opinion on the UCI, the governing body of cycling. I think it's very hard to find anyone that's not going to be critical of, of the UCI at any level in cycling down to cat four. (laughs) No, that no, you make a very good point. And you, I think you just answered my other question. So like one, I don't believe that it's unanimous because there's just that one jerk all the time. Totally understand where you're coming from, so I'll let that one pass. Like I'll move on. Second thing, though, you you said Paul Mertens. Mertens was the one that like did he have a like a word pro- like a computer with him like busted out the word processor. Like I really want to actually know how this letter was written. Like did they all meet up and they're like sipping coffee like a group project? <laughs> you're like oh we got to get this yeah. done before. I like like who's the smart guy and like Paul up oh, Paul's got his computer out. <laughs> I like. Or did they? Like you, you think know, it's weird that he like, had a computer? Yeah, I don't know when all those guys well, would be just, in the same place at the same time. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I I know. I just like the mechanics of writing this letter really fascinate me. Okay. So they I work for six know, hours a day. Maybe you know Tom, this, right? And then the, the other eighteen hours, just, they're all in the same hotel. <laughs> like, are they all they are sitting around the yeah, pool? You be? Like, are are they? Are they arguing over like no 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 let's put that paragraph up here so we really it's a really forceful letter. Good news, horrible news, bad news. I anyways, I know I might be the only one that's really into this, but if friends of the pod, Mitch Docker or Tom Schoons, want to let me know how this actually works, I would be really, really into this. Um yeah, the nitty gritty, the organizing <laughs> principles behind <laughs> their letter crafting. Yeah, we'll have to get All to right. the bottom of that. Um but yeah, uh Hey, uh, Joris, friends of ours in Norway, um, if you could just send us some Visma swag, it'd be great because we're huge fans of the small Norwegian um, tech company. That, that, that'd be awesome. Okay, um, let's get to uh, more exciting stuff, talking about the Volta that I just want to uh, get on. Gentlemen, it is the, the last rest day. Um, knock on wood that there are no COVID positives or that the teams remembered how they can you know, have a positive test and then somehow hide it. I am just curious as to who do you guys think will be at the final of the podium? So I'd love to hear your one, two, three on the podium. I would love to hear your prediction for what place Alejandro Mm -hmm. Valverde finishes and who will be in 16th place in what is pretty much the end of road racing for the 2020 year, an epic season where everything was condensed into a three-month calendar, um, more or less. Uh, there is not the classic season ender in Japan mm-hmm. for the Japan Cup, but where are we standing, little guy? Mm. What is your podium? Where's Valverde and who's sixteenth? Okay, uh, my podium, I guess, will be Roglic, Carthy, Carapaz. Valverde's going to leapfrog Grosschartner or whatever and be seventh, and I think Martin, Kylian Martin, is going to maintain sixteenth because that's what I want. All right, Kofidis for sixteen. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, what do you got? I'm predicting a big shakeup here. I think um, I think something happens, and I think Hugh Carthy pulls it off. I don't know how, but I think he pulls it off, and I think whatever happened is big enough that Dan Martin also moves up, and he'll be second, and Roglic will be third. That is my prediction. Um, Valverde will also benefit from this and move up to fifth. 
and uh, okay. little known American Sepkos will lose a, a couple of spots and fall to 16th, but take the biggest prize on the wait, day. Wait, you mean lose a couple spots? I think you mean gain a couple spots to go from 14th to it's 16th true. place yes. for the, the ultimate prize. It is true. Prize. Sepkos of um, uh, Team Yumbo Viz, Vizma. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Well, if you're one of our many listeners that are over in the United Kingdom, go on down to your your friendly local Ladbrokes, bust open your Pence pocketbook, and take it out, because here is your <laughs> okay. finishing podium. It's going to be Roglic, Carapaz, and Wait, going out Carthy. on a limb there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to stay, it's going to maintain. Reading right off the process. Valverde, Valverde is going to drop to 10th place. Okay. And in 16th place, um, it, it it's going to be Martin Martin. Yeah, it's it's going to be Kofidis. I little guy, I'm with you there. But uh, this that's a just lock it in. Like right now, little guy, if you in post, you can put in some kind of like lock sound effect. Mm-hmm. Um, just lock it in. You're going to make a lot of money because, as you guys know, I am the king of roller derby. As I am currently, eh, check notes, last place. Yes. Um, so there is that. I think that. The Volta has been fantastic. It has been a great cap to an epic year. I am excited, but I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm ready for other bike racing to happen in my dreams. Because apparently, you know, who knows? Probably all bike racing will probably be canceled here once again um, with the recent outbreaks that are happening, especially in Belgium. Yeah. But do you guys have anything else on Volta talk? I, I have a Volta adjacent kind of, which is that. I'm sort of amazed that Carapaz is good because <laughs> remember last year, and I'm not. I seem because, to remember him being okay. Before. You know, yeah. No, no, but but remember last year at this uh, around this time uh-huh. he had he had won the Giro and we were all a little surprised, but we knew he was good. We didn't know he's that good. Then he we knew he signed with Ineos, mm-hmm. and there was definitely a chance uh-huh. that that was big money contract, mm-hmm. bad year coming up. Mm-hmm. Then he hurt himself riding a Criterium and didn't even do the Volta. Then his team. Put, an, an amazing, amazing injury, like right, yeah. like the the controversy of that. Right. I think was covered in the Netflix movie yeah. too, like where he didn't tell his team he was going to the criteria. Yeah, so you had all this weird stuff. He was like cashing in the big contract. He seemed like at that point he could have either gone to be the writer he currently is showing us that he is, or he could have been a writer that took a huge paycheck and then never delivered anymore. Carlos Betancourt. And I wasn't sure last year where we were going to go, a la Betancourt, <laughs> and then. I kind of thought when Ineos screwed up his schedule and didn't send him to the Giro and sent him to the Tour early, mm-hmm. there was a chance that he was just going to be like, this year was going to be a disaster. Like his form would be wrong all the mm-hmm. time. It'd be fair. And then, and then they'd get down on him and then he wouldn't get to ride for himself anymore. I'm just, I'm impressed with him. And especially because a year ago, so, we would, a little over a year ago, we were like, oh, that guy's pretty good. And now he's literally one of the best GC guys in the sport. So he basically, you thought he was going to be like NetApp Endura superstar Leopold Koenig we were, going to Team Sky, yeah. where, where he's going to take a left-hand turn, but instead, Carapaz took the right-hand turn, and now he's a legitimate GC threat that Egan Bernal needs to watch out for. Totally. And like, how we, where's Garrett Thomas going to be next year? Well, that's a good question. I He... he he seemed he he gave an interview where he was saying like oh I've been feeling kind of bummed I didn't even want to watch the Giro mm. I don't know where he's gonna be but I will tell you guys I think I'm a G fan what, now he's gonna be on Ineos right he's gonna be on Ineos but will he be a leader oh. Oh, I'm sorry look at what did you say before I interrupted you I think you're a what? I think I'm becoming a G fan now that he's the underdog and oh. I like the fact that G when he gives an interview like he 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 doesn't ever feel like he's holding anything back he's like I went home I'm pissed. I'm unhappy. I'm depressed. I've been drinking a lot, and I'm like, yeah, I like you. I want to root for you now. Little guy's little guy's Christmas present has been secured. <laughs> Write it down. I'm a G fan. I'm a Richie Port fan. Wow. I'm a Dan Martin fan. I'm becoming the just uh, English speaking writer fan guy that I used to make fun of a few years ago. Well, why don't you just add friend of the pod, TJ Van Garder? Little guy, I know. I know you just <laughs> had a birthday. Did you actually turn forty? Is that what this is? Yeah. I didn't yet. My racing age did. Is though. this a midlife crisis? Is that what's? Are we witnessing this? Witnessing this in real time? 
I think it might be. <laughs> I I don't have the money to buy a sports car, so I guess I'm I'm uh-huh. I'm doing it through Jay. So <laughs> anyway, like little guy, as our resident um fan of older English speaking writers, um, <laughs> you've been mining Twitter land, just stalking Dan Martin down there, waiting for him to come up with some solid gold. Yeah, he had a good tweet before. What was that stage eleven? Basically, given uh, given the vault of crap for the fact that they're starting like a five hour five hour for the leaders stage at noon, which meant that on stage eleven, like all the group pedo guys had to roll in like with the team cars lighting the road for Yeesh. them. Um, which I really like that a guy who's going to finish in the front was like looking out to throw some shade for the domestiques. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. So, wait, you think he or? Or was he throwing shade at the guys in the Gruppetta like, hey, man, you guys better get in before, before it turns dark? <laughs> I mean, in a way, it was um, a joke. He was kind of like, he was like, they're going to finish 40 it, minutes back. Why, like, they're going to have to have lights, right? Why did the Vuelta start why, a stage at noon in late October? Were they, were they just... That's a good question. Did they have a siesta during the, like, <laughs> what's going on? Well, I'm more, I'm more concerned on why, like, Riders in the Gruppetto weren't willing to be like every other human that rides their bikes early in these, or at least down here in Florida. I know you guys are snowed in, but like we all have big obtrusive lights on our fancy road bikes, right? Because like we're they're like the ugliest lights too when you put the handlebar light on because you're rolling out at six a.m. and it's super dark and you got this. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the sun comes up at noon, you've got this like hulking <laughs> thing. Wow. You guys at least have. I mean, guys, I haven't lived near the equator, least... but jeez. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, these guys at least have team cars. Why couldn't they have given them lights? Maybe like a helmet, uh, helmet light. You, you know, sure, surely these teams are sponsored by a lighting sponsor. Well, you know, like Cat Eye can give them some yeah. some lights or Garmin's. Like, hey, it's a late stage. Why don't you put the? Because you know, Garmin's got that mount that can put their light mm-hmm. underneath oh. the computer. I don't know. I I, was, I don't think it any, was marketing gold. But I don't think anybody thought this through except for Dan Martin, which is. Uh, Part of why I think he is calculated enough to finish on that podium. <laughs> the coolest so, thing would have been if Dan Martin the, knew this ahead of time and he brought like a bunch of lights and he was handing them out to all the domestics yeah. that he likes at the start line. He's like, looking out for you guys. Hey, don't forget to get me a water <laughs> bottle before you get dropped my butt. Dad of the Peloton. Um, okay, just for the record, Dan Martin's only 34. And we're like acting like he's he's old. He's just been around forever, it feels like. I know, but he's only thirty-four. No, I, mean, I know, but in cycling know. terms, that's kind of kind of old. It is. So, speaking of yeah. old, before we get to the pre lap, I just want to give a quick shout out to Greg Minner, Minar. Sorry, um, thirty-eight years old, mm-hmm. right? Thirty-eight years old. Congratulations. How old is he on the downhill circuit? He's old enough to be the guy that's wearing white shoes. Wow. Well, everyone, it looks like he's on his way to the shuffleboard court at <laughs> Del Boca uh-huh. Vista. And he's like, oh, you young whippersnappers, you see these rainbow stripes here on my on my, on my kit? And then he goes down and absolutely slays it um, at the Lu- Luasa, Lusa mm-hmm. Downhill World Cup in huh. Portugal, which so he he won it on Friday. And then they did like a back to back today where um I think Luich uh, Bruni beat him by a tenth of a second or two tenths of a second. So Greg Menar had two great World Cups. He's 38 years old. He's the the old man in the downhill peloton, absolutely crushing it. I loved it. Marianne uh, Caribou uh, won on Sunday for the women, and then uh, Miriam Nicole on uh, Friday. But overall... I really loved this downhill track. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was just grassroots enough that it was my favorite thing. There's lots of pedaling. And then I heard that they didn't they don't even have cheerlifts at this downhill. Like they had to like put them in the truck to take oh, them back fun. up to the top. It just it just seemed just grassroots enough that it was awesome. I like that. Like maybe this is one silver lining that we get to kind of see these tracks that you know, yeah, let's go let's let's dust that one off for a back to back weekend. There was hardly any fans on the side. Um, it was just cool to see. I love downhill racing, and Red Bull does such a good job of presenting it. So, highly recommend it to everybody. I haven't caught that yet. I will check it out. The the downhill or the Red Bull stuff, like you say, is always amazing. Yeah, especially considering we don't so, pay for it. We have a ton more to get to, 
including one of the best emails of all time sent to the Slow Ride Podcast. And we've got some other uh, gravel talk. Little Guy's got a new game. But first, let's head into the Prem Lap. So we're going to check in with our friend, Michael Matthews. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. Hey, guys. Here we are in the premium lap. Once again, we, as always, want to give major shout-out and thanks to the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com and see the bevy of shows that we have, including Criterium Nation. It's a great show yeah. about Criterium bike racing here in the U.S. And of note, they have a new co-host. Rob Kelly decided that he needed a little bit of help on the pod, so... He got Frank Cundiff's. Now, you guys may remember Frank Cundiff from the floor that you slept <laughs> on at the 20, 27, was it 2017? 20, 2015 15. World Championships in Richmond, Virginia. Of course, Frank offered us mm-hmm. his floor. I think I got mm-hmm. the couch. Um, it was right there on top of Libby Hill. It was a fantastic it was location. It was amazing. Frank writes us in to say... Hey guys, just wanted to chime in and say hello as your official Roller Derby Classics winner. I'm genuinely genuinely afraid of what happens in a few weeks when I no longer have bike racing on my TV every single day. I guess we'll just have to focus on the virtual race season and the Echelon Racing League that starts in November. Hope you're doing well. And of course, Frank and uh, Rob have been talking a lot about the uh, er, the virtual racing that is happening. Nowhere Fast was talking about it. Another wide-angle podium Mm-hmm. network show Indeed. so check these shows out you get more characters than you know exist in american <laughs> cycling they're fantastic on all of these podcasts head over to wideanglepodium.com and if you uh like what you hear you can become a uh, member or a yeah. supporter um yeah. thank you another great way to uh support and to find more content from wide angle podium as alluded to earlier is at the wide angle podium's youtube page uh youtube.com slash wide angle podium uh little guy has been putting out a ton of content there race previews volta previews Giro previews they're all worth going back and watching even if the race has happened i would say um if not for the production value at least for the content that he's putting out because it's pretty epic stuff there so i would uh i would recommend that and thank you again to the folks that have subscribed there we just cracked a thousand subscribers which is incredible and allows us to do a whole lot more and show up in the search algorithm and all that stuff so hopefully it will continue to grow from there yeah indeed thanks for watching them i i'll do some non-race videos at some point when this bike racing thing ends i got some i got some silly ideas can you do something uh where you're maybe making latte art or something with uh some willa's oat milk you know, that would probably not be a good representation of how delicious the Willow's Oat Milk is because I would not make good latte art. I would make it. It would taste delicious because the Willow's Kitchen Oat Milk is amazing, super delicious, super healthy, organic, low sugar. It's everything you want out of oat milk, but I would not visually do it justice. So I will probably not do that. I will just drink it. Well, I mean, you can practice a lot because if you use the code SLOWRIDE20 when you're buying this online, you can save yourself 20% and just blow through as many boxes as you need to until you become an expert at latte art. That is a good point. Use that that code, get the subscription, you're going to be set. And it's not like if you mess it up, you're not going to still enjoy it. Like, if it visually doesn't look well, look like a Picasso, it's still going to be delicious. Well, little guy, if you get Willa's Oat Milk on a subscription, you'd be able to practice a latte. <laughs> this is why you get paid the big, bu- big bucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Have fun editing that one out. Oh, no, that'll be in. That's, that's, that's gold. Yeah. Oh, I'm, gonna... I'm sure Willis is super excited. They're like, we are paying good money for this high quality content. Anyway, 
All jokes aside, it is delicious, delicious. It oatmeal. is. Go check it out. It is. Willskitchen.com. And use the code SLOWRIDE20 to save yourself 20% and keep us in their good graces, please. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the bike racing. Hi, this is Dan from Nam. Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are, and we have some great listener emails, including an all-timer, which we'll be getting to in just a moment. But first, friend of the pod, Colin Eustace, all the way in Salt Lake City, giving us a shout-out. Good afternoon, Slow Ride Pod. I recall, I recall that it was friend of the pod, Abby Mickey, who called Ta- Tao Gegenhart as a writer to watch in the future. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the episode, and given the hefty back catalog of Abby Mickey pad- podcast appearances, I'll just say that it was episode 250. Hope you're all well, Colin. That is uh, very accurate and a good recollection uh, uh, from Colin there. She definitely did call him out as a writer to watch in the future. Um. Yep. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere in between 200 and 250, I would say, is the sweet spot for tons of Abby content on the Slow Ride podcast. Yeah, uh, uh, go back and dig it up, but uh, she was spot on. Yeah, I'm a little afraid to hear how off we are. We probably all were like, oh, yeah, I don't know about that guy. Who? Um, ah. Who? What? Who? Yeah, yeah she, she nailed that one for mm-hmm. sure. Well, hopefully Colin is enjoying some red iguana while he is... Uh, Listening to the back catalog. I'll have to Google that one, but okay. <laughs> ah, Spencer knows what I'm talking about. Right, Spencer? Oh, I certainly do. It's a little-known restaurant in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Little guy didn't know, and most of our listeners won't, but that's fine. They can Google it, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's keep this show on the road of just nonstop amazingness. Michael Brown hits us up with a cycling Halloween. Hey, guys, sent... This to you from my iPad. I got to thinking that I assume that most cities have either significantly downsized or eliminated trick-or-treating completely this year, which gives you and all of your listeners with children a whole year to prepare for next year. <laughs> so I'd like to... That's a good point. So here are, so here are a few of my suggestions from cycling for cycling-based costumes for all the kids and kids at heart. Spencer. That's me, yeah. First, the obvious cannibal badger or shark but if your kids are into something a little scarier they can dress up as dr ferrari wearing a heavily stained lab coat and wheeling around an iv pole complete with blood bags or maybe dress as a former austin texas based cyclist but don't forget while in this costume your child will be obligated to shove other trick-or-treaters to the ground and step on them (laughs) on their way to get candy and if questioned by other parents they must deny that they had any candy despite having candy wrappers in their pockets or Kit Kat crumbs on their face. <laughs> so uh, so I, I will say right now, the badger cannibal shark, yeah. they were okay. But right away, Dr. Ferrari and Lance, two solid, two solid ones. I, I feel like Lance has probably been done. Oh, for sure. A couple times, but yeah. the acting it out, like telling your kid to like, you know, push the other here's here's the problem is, is a good start. with dr ferrari is that i feel like little guy would absolutely get tom boonin tom boonin to dress up like dr ferrari but he would do it in a very little guy way in which he had him put on like the stethoscope and like the little reflective headband thing but like be in some sort of cardboard car that was painted ferrari red <laughs> And and be like, you guys get it? You guys get it? It's a Ferrari, and he's a doctor. Uh, uh, and and no one would get it, and it would be very on brand. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Or, well, I mean, otherwise, I could be Scarponi, and and he could be Ferrari, and we could just be in a van, and I could say, I just needed another bag, oh. and I would have won. You know what you could do, ah, oh, little guy? You just sparked the idea. <laughs> Write this down for next year, because you right. and Tom and Tom Boonin. Okay, you. Have a movie star kit. Oh, no, you don't need a movie star kit. You need to buy an Astana kit. Well, I have a movie star kit. Yeah, that's not going to work. You're going to need an Astana kit. Uh, all right. Um, okay, got it. Going to buy that. That sounds like a horrible purchase, and I don't think you could find he's, that at He's going to have store. to get one, though, because he's going to need to be Scarponi, 
And he's going to have to yeah. dress up little Tambunin Tambunin as Frankie the Parrot. Oh, yeah, that'd be oh. pretty cute. That'd be pretty awesome. I'd be down with that. So Michael continues. Cool. You can also dress them up as Remco Evanpole. But remember that after trick-or-treating all night and getting lots of candy, they will return home with all of their pockets empty. <laughs> you could also send them out as... <laughs> You can also send them out as one of the most evil characters ever, complete with a black cape, evil goatee, and a $200,000 watch. Of course, I'm talking about Julian Alaphilippe. Mm-hmm. Two more. Great. I, I feel like Julian Alaphilippe would just be a villain anyway. Like, you could just pull that off and you could, like, the people that would know would know. But then the other people would be like, all right, yeah, he looks like a bad guy. Just that looks goatee. like a jerk. Yeah, just yeah. that goatee would do it. But anyway. <laughs> Is that the devil? You know, right? Now, if you're a parent... Of more than one child, you have some other options, such as dressing one of them as Tao Ging and Hart, in case the other one gets hurt somehow, gets hurt somehow, or can't finish trick or treating. Then Tao can easily finish <laughs> for them and get all the candy. Also, if you have twins, you could dress one up as Wout and the other as Matthew. But make sure that your favorite is Vanderpool, because Van Art is reaching for his can't. <laughs> because as Van Art is reaching for his candy, Math- Matthew will reach out in the last second leaving Wout with nothing. I actually really like this. If you have twins, you can do one as Wout and one as Matthew, and you could quickly tell which one's your favorite. Because let's be honest, if you have twins, one's definitely your favorite. So I've heard. You could yeah. dress twins as uh, the Yates. Um, Yates uh, Brothers, from uh, famous from uh, Yates Brothers Autos uh, in Texas. Uh, if you Google Yates yeah, yeah, Brothers, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what comes up first. Wait, you told me that I had a deal. No, I didn't. That was my brother. Yeah, that could be good. Perfect. I like it. Now, if you have lots of kids or your child has at least seven friends, you could dress them in a Team Ineos kit and line them up at each porch, not letting any other children pass and taking all the candy. Finally, if you're a parent with a child who's obviously too old to trick or treat, they must wear a Movie Star kit complete with rainbow stripes on the (laughs) sleeves. We know where that one's going. Take care. Yeah. Take care and happy Halloween, the blind peddler. Oh, Michael, as always, thank you for your wonderful emails and being a loyal listener and supporter of the pod. That was a really good email. That was really good. So many good ideas. You guys think like a Freaky Friday situation ever happened with the Yates and they peed in a magic fountain and they got switched, but nobody noticed? Oh, for sure. Now, I know you guys are sitting there going, um, you know, how can we out top the pod the the email that uh michael just sent Mm -hmm. us right yeah we can't yeah we can't but james morton chimed in from australia okay hey slow riders i'm not even gonna do this in an australian accent please don't please just (laughs) yeah just just imagine all of you in australia just wildly offensive our our ratings are actually okay in australia so let's let's keep it that way Hey, slow riders! Continuing to enjoy the pod from down under. Was listening with me mate Sauce from Shepherdtron, and your segment on the coolest bike riders piqued our interest until you included Matthew Vanderpool in your list. Sauce almost vomited in his beer and called you a bunch of flogs. I defended you, cause I love yous, but seriously, guys. You have short memories. A mere 12 months ago, we all nodded in furious agreement when you called out Matthew Vanderpool for being uncool in his four-door Porsche mm-hmm. with personalized license plates. That's true. Matthew Vander... MVDP1, no less. Photo evidence attached. I would have expected Tim to make that call, but little guy? Spencer? Come on, guys. Anyway, on a more interesting subjects like our... Like... Like, will our boy Michael Matthews actually make it back home to tour down under? Or will COVID quarantine give him another excuse to keep his bling in Europe? Love you alls. Trent from Tumbarumba. Unfortunately, we know the answer to the Michael Matthews question already, as all of the preseason in Australia has been canceled, including the women's racing as well as the men's world tour racing. Um, But... I just need to I feel I feel like this email is spot on. It is correct in all of its uh accusation. And yep. and I just need to raise a hand here and say, you know, it's it's tough being the voice of reason on this show and sometimes I get railroaded into uh having to agree with things 
uh, just to avoid the argument that I don't necessarily think are true. I'm just going to put that out there, apropos well, of nothing. I, uh, <laughs> wow. Revisionist history but, here. <laughs> yeah, a little revisionist history. It's um, a four-door Porsche guy talking about re- revisionist history. I know. I forgot. I, for, I, I think we... I think Matthew Vanderpool is going to get out of the He's, table. I mean, the four-door Porsche is inexcusable. And I appreciate Trent from Tumbarumba emailing us. Um, me, I as well. This. Because and, I'm glad that our listeners can call you guys out when I don't have but the courage to do it we, myself in the moment. Can we just <laughs> break this down just a little bit more because of the local dialect used by Trent here? I'm a little... He's got a mate named Sauce. Sauce. I would argue that's a top five nickname for any friend that you could possibly have. I would love, dude. If you're the, if you have a friend whose nickname is Sauce, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a good nickname. It's a really. Good it's nickname. a great nickname. I mean, the little guy's good. We still don't have a nickname really for Spencer. We've discussed this many times. Sauce, he's not a sauce to me, but Spencer, like I think in that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. we could be going for something around like the sauce um, terminology. Mm-hmm. He's from Shepherdtron. Sauce is from Shepherdtron. I don't even know what that is, and I don't even want to Google it. I mean, it sounds but, like another planet. <laughs> but he, um, but Sauce almost vomited in his beer. Yeah, I could see that after you make such a horrible comment about Matthew Vanderpool being cool, Spencer. Whoa! But you know, whoa. it is what it is. Oh, whoa! Now, mm, I've said a lot of things about Matthew Vanderpool being an excellent cyclist, being a dominating force in the peloton, but I don't think I have ever. Said he was cool. I don't think that's ever well, been the case. Uh, I'm not going to go back and check the tape, but I mean, somebody's going to, and they're not going to find any. My <laughs> records will exonerate me in in this trial, and you guys. Uh, I don't. I don't think you guys can say the same. Tim, famously president and CEO of the Anyone But Wout Club, leaving who as his favorite? <laughs> Had to be Matthew Vanderpool. Van Tornout. And little guy, flip-flopping <laughs> over there, brings up the four-door Porsche in the first place and then puts Vanderpool <laughs> in the cool cyclist club. Can't be trusted. Yeah, that's true. Can't be trusted. No, that's true. I can't be trusted. <laughs> Nick, Nicholas Wilmis hits us up. Hello to all. This is the Wide Angle Podium Daddy support crew. This mail is directed to little Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin. Mm. So this is written to Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin. Hey, buddy, I hear you're having some nightmares. That's okay. Don't worry. You have a great dad who, whose analysis, who analyzes every possible European race there is for you to even the path for your big jump to the European bike racing scene in a few years. Yes, he is mostly wrong in the outcome of his predictions, and yes, he does go too deep into the analysis, mm-hmm. but with all the knowledge you get, you know what not to do, and that's a big plus. It is better to have wrong direction than none at all. Don't forget Uncle Spencer. He is, after all, the tycoon of Wide Angle Podium. He will use his deeply rooted connections in the industry to make things happen, to open doors and to massage the good contracts towards you. He will also be there to keep your feet firmly clipped in and your head straight. Do not underestimate his value in your career. Wow, I do not like how this letter is going. It sounds great to <laughs> right me. There. You're the cool uncle? You're the cool <laughs> uncle because you know what paragraph's coming next. Yes, there is Uncle Timmy as well. Don't be fooled by his outspokenness, if that's even a word, and straight up love and hate for all things cycling related. He might just be your biggest fan. When you finally when you finally get your first campy chorus set from your parents, I'm sure it will be Uncle Timmy who will insist and will make it happen that you do not ride anything less than super record. <laughs> yeah. And He's and lastly there's the whole slow the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, there's the whole slow ride community who come from all over the world to step up and help in every way. Bikes are sent, parts are offered, knowledge is shared. They are there for you. So little Tom Boone and Tom Boone and rest assured and try to find the good thoughts to dream of. The tiger that was haunting your dreams, I may be of help there. After the final time trial, Tao Gagenhart took off his helmet to reveal his true identity. In combination with the white jersey, he was wearing what could only be concluded that he is the tiger. You want more proof? I think from what I understand, you starting having these nightmares after it was clear that Brailsford switched tactics and medical plans from Karen to Tao. <laughs> Who would have taken the bet only on only a month ago? 
that there would be a British GC winner in a Grand Tour in the next five years. But again, don't worry. He will be washed up pro by the time you kick off in the pro peloton and start ring up those victories. Yeah. Sleep tight, pedal hard. Best regards. P.S. If all else fails, there's always mommy. So, little guy, how is Tom Boone and Tom Boonin doing now? Is he over the, the nightmares? Uh, no, no, not really. He's been having a lot of nightmares lately. <laughs> he's, he's definitely, uh, monsters are a thing now that he's worried about. Monsters? Yeah, yeah, very, very true. It's Halloween they are the time, worst. I guess. Yeah, they're always yeah, under your bed. Everything, everything is, you. yeah. everything's spooky. Well, in the final email comes to us from Eric Arthur. Great pod. And the next 26-inch old-school mountain bike is a quick reminder. I was saying that Kleins have gotten too expensive. The Bianchi single speeds have become too hard to find. Mm -hmm. We need something to fuel, take the attention off of Kleins. Mm -hmm. So I think Eric is the first one to chime in on our quest. If you have any help, slowridepodcast at gmail.com for all of your questions, answers, anything you need. First off, great pod. I really enjoy it. I was recently listening to the episode where you were talking about the $8,500 Klein and what else could push you to reduce the price of the old clients. I have a couple of th thoughts. First, Pitch is the first gen full suspension Klein mantras from 91 or so. Mm -hmm. The extreme brake jack was part of the UST rear suspension should help reduce the price of vintage clients. I agree. Let's, let's get more attention on the mantra, which we all agree is... The worst of all it clients. is and it stays relatively cheap because everybody knows that which is you know it's yeah. maybe where we got to get our foot in the door yeah it up. second pitch what about the brody climax or the kona explosive bikes with the dripped splash paint job from the 1990s you those could cool. try to make those collector's items so that would be the a brody climb max c-l-i-m-b mm -hmm. capital m-a-x wow that's a, yeah. that's such a good 90s bro mountain bike model name and then yeah. the kona explosive mm -hmm. finally cool. i live in woodbury just west of the big hill in afton oh. you guys should consider organizing a group ride from st paul and loop to afton for the big hill pitch it with as a celebrity ride with little guy and have a coffee stop at selma's in afton <laughs> just a thought keep up the great work five stars eric well Maybe the next time Spencer and I are there, we will join um, little guy who has not been training. He's not living the mess oh, life. He's just been playing really. video games all day. So uh, right. we could go out there, Spencer. We could tow him around. I mean, just, I'll be honest. I'm probably going to be the one that tows you guys around. Just like we used um, to. Except on the descent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just like old times. It's, That'd be great. Be I'd great. love it. I'd love to do some, uh, some, some old timey it, it, rides out that way. If we're going to do an old-timey ride out there, Eric, come join us. But I'm just warning everybody. It's a solid two-hour cafe stop. Solid two hours. Two like hours? A, oh, my god! Oh, yeah. No. We got, we got a lot of worst. trash talking to do. We can record two podcasts, and then we got to climb the hill out. It's two <laughs> yeah, hours. I, said, I, need, so, I need energy. So, yeah, our out-of-town listeners don't know. It's, 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 the one, it's one of the biggest climbs around here. And the, the cafe stop is kind of at the base of the climb. So uh -huh. if you do it wrong like we often did, yep. you ride out there. It's a lot of fun rolling terrain. You go to the cafe. Everybody has a coffee, has a snack. You get out. You ride maybe a kilometer, and then you hit the biggest climb you're going to hit all day. Everybody is super excited to, to show each other a clean pair of wheels. Mm -hmm. And then everybody feels terrible for the rest of the ride. Yeah. Got tummy aches. Oh. So much fun. It's a great ride. Yeah, yeah. So I have started doing some research. The Kona Explosive looks like it could could make the the work. You know, we we could probably it's it's still a little too. What I like about the um, the Klein and the Bianchi single speeds is that they they no longer make the models, and the same with the Brody is that like the models still exist. So when I was looking them up the other day, there still seems to be you know like a 2018 version, a 2017 version. Mm -hmm. I want something that's clear clearly then, um, but. You know, 26 inches are um, here to stay, even though the explosive now is in a 27 and a half, but um, is what it is. Yeah. Good stuff. It's, Thank I, you. I like I like the explosives. They're cool, especially when they get the, I forget, it's like the project something fork. They have those straight blade forks they come with. Um, yeah. Those look pretty sick. I actually have a pair on my client right now. I have a pair of curved canty brakes, which were for a while stock on Kona's in the 90s. I don't know if they came on those, but I think they came on like the now, cinder cores or whatever. Anyway, I feel I'm like, like halfway there then. I feel like I'm going to have to like do some digging into like vintage uh, Cannondale mountain bikes because I feel like they 
with like a with the head shock. Yeah, they did a lot of weird yeah. stuff. Um, they're undervalued, I'd say. They're they're not cheap, but but they look kind of modern still because they had the big fat tubes that nobody else was doing. You know, in the mid late nineties. Uh, I, I might need to go that direction. The other one that I thought of that uh, definitely could get some love are those old Yetis because they are just very iconic, but they're probably already too Money. expensive. Yeah, They're so expensive. So yeah, that's yeah. why I think Cannondale could be the good option. So, so you would go with the head shop, not the lead, not the lefty. They did have some great, I, no, I, mean, I loved the Cannondale, fully, the Cannondale paint. Fully rigid even. I'm, I'm just like, yeah. Okay. Not definitely not a lefty because whenever I ride those, I feel like I'm gonna so, fall over. Would you classify like the era being like when they were made in the U.S.? Like that's what you'd be like targeting that era, like the oversized tubes, maybe that classic red paint job that had the yellow Cannondale yep. lowercase, yeah, yeah the beautiful font. exactly. Okay. but also the the, yeah. the Super V. Um, <laughs> those are ridiculous if you want to go full suspension. But I I think I'm Super personally v. leaning towards the. Uh, Either the rigid or the I, uh, the head shock version. I'm definitely into getting a 26 inch mountain bike now, Spencer. I need to do an, a bike inventory check with you, and I apologize. I'm sure that uh, somewhere in the 319 episodes of this podcast that we've done, we've discussed this. Mm-hmm. Do you still have your Bianchi puss? I do. Yes. Do so you still have your pink, ugly single speed from Bianchi, the iconic? I do. Bike. Okay. I do. Do you still have the bike that had like the 300 spoke count wheel set? Uh, no, that, what was that? That was a no name eBay brand frame that I bought in 2003 and had for, yeah, definitely a long time for like three months, Tim. Um, it was in the studio. I remember it, it being in the studio. It had, I think it had 144 spoke wheels, like low rider wheels. It was for fun funsy joke times and lasted yeah. about as I didn't long get as the joke expect. yeah okay I just remember seeing it and I, I just didn't know if you kept that uh hunk of steel uh, no <laughs> toting that around the country <laughs> awesome all right well little guy I'm not going to ask you for your bike inventory because that sound you hear that sound you hear is little guy's new game show corner yeah and I'm ready to go along for the ride here what do you got all right, we got a game. It's called Actor or Cyclist. Can the, can the listeners play along? Well, the listeners can play along, but I want you guys to pick. Each of you will have to decide, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll read a brief description, a summary of part of someone's uh, life work, and you tell me if they're an actor or a cyclist. And I thought of this because I was thinking about how <laughs> a lot of actors have had, let's say they have careers, they come out strong, and then they have drug problems. A lot of cyclists come out strong, uh-huh. and then they have drug problems. I see. Um, and I, I, I believe if I just sort of uh, generally read some of these just, uh, selective things about them, it's hard to guess what they are. So um, okay. are you guys ready right. to play? Well, I have an important question. Yes. Do you have a jingle made up for this yet? Because I don't. You should. I don't have a jingle. I, I should. Well, you're going to have to do I that. I up with this. I'll work on that after the pod. I'll try to insert it in. If I don't, everybody at home can just imagine something in their head. I uh, no, I, I want no a jingle. To do this research, and then yeah, also, no, think, can you, you can, can we it. stop the pod? Can we stop the pod? And little guy, can you go get on like a tie or something like a real game show host? <laughs> yeah, this Minnesota Timberwolves sweatshirt from 1989, their first season. Wow, wonderful! I love it. Huge Timberwolves fan. Vintage man. Eh. <laughs> it's good. Okay, all right. Thanks for putting on the game show outfit. Give us your right. best announcer voice. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to play actor or cyclist? Yes, I am, Matt. Yes, I Yeah. All right. I uh, hey, this it. is uh, Tim. I'd like to say hi to all my friends down at the mill, um, the most important, uh, and my wife and kids at home. So I'm, I'm doing it here for you guys. All right. Thanks. I'll read a uh, brief uh, selected uh, summary of uh, some of their work, uh, and you will each get a chance to guess if they are an actor or a cyclist. Yeah, yeah. My name's Spencer. I'd also like to say hi to my wife. Um, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, whoever wins today will win nothing. All right. The first one. <laughs> oh, we haven't got All there right, yet. So let's go. Okay. All right. Uh, working professionally. Buzz, from- buzz, 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 buzz. I'm buzzing in. Okay, you gotta let me read it because it really won't make any sense. 
Uh, okay. What do you think? I... Okay. Uh, <laughs> beginning to work professionally in 1993 uh, with small returns through the through 95 and 96, 1998 and 99 were major years before a series of drug busts and attempted comebacks uh, saw them on a downturn through the early 2000s, mm. tragically dying young at the age of 34 in 2009. I... Okay, so... So we have to say what they are, and then we can even start guessing their names. Okay, I like this. You can do that. But, I mean, I'll tell you who it is after this, I, but I want to know. you, Actor or cyclist, and you can tell me actor or cyclist. I'm going with actor. And I'm going with actor because I don't think Little Guy would bring a bummer out of the gate. Okay. I'm going to say cyclist, and it's Frank Vandenbroek. Tim, ding, 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 ding. Correct answer and correct rider. You know, this is very similar to the time when I guessed everything about on the Wide Angle, t- wide angle Podium wow, YouTube right. channel. Um, that's, that's one point for Tim off the bat. Good, good, good wait, play, Tim. Wait, good one play. point? I, yeah, yeah, one point. I also named the writer. Yeah, I, I'm not giving any extra points for writer, naming the writer. Yeah. Right, come on. All right. All the right, other ones again. you'll never name. All right. I mean, come on. Let me see what I want to do next. Okay. You ready? I've been waiting for like 10 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> It's hard to do that. I wrote these things that it's just, it's hard to make them not obvious. First major breakthroughs in 1985 and 87, it uh, was not until 1992 that they made it to the pinnacle of their profession. But by 2001, drug problems had arrived. Uh, Sober since 2003, they now live happily with their third wife and business partner, Susan. Uh, I'm going to go actor strictly because the first one was cyclist. And I think little guy, uh, will <laughs> alternate. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say actor and it's, uh, Robbie, De- Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> wow. All right. Tim is two for two on, on the question and the person. <laughs> It is Robert Amazingly, Downey Jr. Yeah, and Spencer, you got it right as well. Wow, Tim, Tim is Tim is killing it. All right. Well, I mean, I I wow. knew it was Robert Downey Jr. too, but that's not part of the game. <laughs> All right, Tim, big Iron you're Man freaking fan. me out again. You're freaking me out again. It was Robert Downey Jr. Tim, are you googling? <laughs> Googling's not no. allowed. I know I didn't no, no, say not, that at the top. I'm not yeah, googling. You, All right, Tim. Everyone at home, I couldn't see Tim's hands during that last one. This one, he has to keep his hands up. <laughs> Whatever, man. You're, you're, I can read you like a comic book, like an Iron Man comic book. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready for the third one? I got two more. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. His first breakthrough uh, were, breakthroughs were in the years 1989 through 93. Again, diminishing returns in the late 90s into the early 2000s. Um, when they're not in their chosen profession – they also are a pilot. They like to race cars, and they are a jiu-jitsu in Brazilian, uh, or they're a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay, I got this. Tim, Tim, do you I, know? I, this is a cyclist. I do not know who it is. <laughs> I am going cyclist as well. I'm going to go out on a limb and and say Johnny Bunio, but I don't know for sure on that. Okay. Puno, nice pick, nice pick. And Tim said cyclist, but he didn't know who. I, I don't know who. Is he? Oh, you say cyclist. Okay. You've had your hands up the whole time? He has. Okay. Good. Good. I just wasn't paying attention. Um, all right. How about this one, this is, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was Mark Paul Gossier, mm. better known as Zach Morris. Oh. Um, so that was. But, that was but he is a cyclist. Way. He, he is, is a, a cyclist. cyclist. He is. I believe he's, he might be a cat too. And I saw on his Wikipedia page he he cat too on the track in San five. Diego, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's moving up. He 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 did some four or five state champs once on the track. Um, but yes, more of an actor, more of an actor, true. So you yeah, both, Zach Attack, great band. <laughs> Little guy, you guys were both kind of right and kind of wrong. That was a trick one. That uh, was a trick one. I didn't know he was a pilot. <laughs> That's what threw me off. Um, I guess yeah. It, I'm more scared that Zach page, Morris you're is like, Brazilian this dude's jiu-jitsu. pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Jiu-jitsu, hang out race with cars, pilots. He's a cyclist. And he's got that cell phone. I always thought Slater was cooler. I was wrong. Yeah. No, I was wrong. 
Uh, you guys ready for one more? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, what's okay. the what's the score right now? Uh, so you, I'm gonna say you both got that last one wrong. So. Okay. Because he's really an actor as above, above a cyclist. It was kind of trick. Tim has two, and Spencer, you have one. So, so this is, is this worth game. Uh, more points or something? Because it's the final round. Do we get to bet on how many points we want to? You know, how's this game work? Yeah, we can do it. Je- I don't know. We can do it Jeopardy style. Yeah. Do you want to bet? You want to bet all your points? This 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 one is just you can bet either all your points or none of your points. It's your game, little guy. That's what um, I'm saying. I, w- this. I will bet all my points. I think right, Tim's gonna bet all two. I think the question is worth two points, and you can additionally bet whatever additional points you want on it that you have. So I will go for this the two like... and add my one on there. Spencer yeah. did the cocktail napkin math. He's like, oh, I, I guess yeah, yeah. this is the only way I'm possibly gonna win. All right, whatever. This Let's is, do this. This is the way things go with my son: is that I would tell him how it's going to be, and then like mm-hmm. like you just did, Spencer, you'd say, "Actually, I think I am going to watch that video right now." Yeah, yeah. Your rules I are bad, so too. we're just okay. uh, we're going to well, rework it a little bit here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read. I'm going to read this. Um, major career achievements uh, in the early 1980s through the mid 90s. He also shared some starring roles with his mulleted sidekick. With back-to-back hits in '88 and '89. Ooh. Ooh. Now it's not River Phoenix, so I'm gonna say Cyclist. And I'm gonna say the Psych. Can you reread it? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I can do it right because I have a lot of scribble notes. Uh, major career achievements from the early 80s through the mid-90s. He shared starring roles with his mulleted sidekick in back-to-back hits in 88 and 89. He cyclist, and it's Greg Lamont. Uh, I am going actor... Because I have to <laughs> for the win. <laughs> for the win. Okay. It was cyclist. Ugh. Stephen Rooks. Who was it? Stephen Rooks. Ah, Stephen Rooks. Tim doesn't know this. Uh, second on GC at the Tour in 88 and the Polka Dot Jersey, and then he was seventh on GC in 89. But his mulleted sidekick, Gert John Thiessen, who name I can't pronounce correctly, got fourth and the polka dot jersey in 89. So they were sort of like a tag team and duo. Can't believe I didn't get that one. Nice. Wow, shocking. <laughs> All right, Tim is the inaugural winner of cyclist or actor. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure this is going to be a reoccurring se- segment. I loved it. Um I, I, a lot more uh, I got to say I loved it too. The rules could use a little finessing, yeah. but yeah, yeah, uh yeah, yeah. you know, the point scoring system. I think the system. jingle the jingle could be improved. I'll yeah. work on a jingle. Like all my all my bits, I came up with it while I was making lunch for Tom Boone and Tom Boone, and, and so I only had time to do some quick research. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't tell at all. That's what's amazing about them. I it's the handwritten notes that really sell it to me. Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. that's just. Well, I'm not going to type it. I'm not a professional cyclist with access to a computer. Uh huh. At any given time, <laughs> in your pocket. At any given time, like what is with that? How do they have? They just have like. They have, like, little computers they can bring with them places? Yeah, and how did they send it to the UCI so quickly? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's the craziest thing. Like, overnight it? How do they convince convince TJ Van Garderen to go along with it? That's what I want to know. (laughs) They didn't tell him. That's how they did it. That's how they did it. Well, thanks for playing, you guys. I had fun. I will definitely try to come up with more of those. And, Tim, it freaks me out that you got the first two correctly. Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, as always, we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more and how to support lovely shows that we have on the network. We'd also like to thank Willa's and Willa's Oat Milk. Head over to Willa's Kitchen and use the promo code SLOWRIDE20 to save 20% on your next order for the best, most wholesome oat milk in the business. I would also like to give a quick shout out in this section to our own little guy, Matt Allen, for taking care of the editing for the last maybe five or six episodes oh. uh, of this uh, show. Um, 
really taking a lot off my plate while I've got a lot uh, outside of the show going on. So just want to give a shout out there and uh, make sure that any kudos slash hate mail go in his direction. Uh, for Definitely the last lots week. of hate mail. Lots of hate mail going in his direction. I, it's not uh, like anything thanks, happened Lizard. last week that you know made me think of this, but hey. I just want to get that out there. Oh, yeah. um, yes. For for 350 episodes or something, or 300 episodes, it was it was all me. But uh, lately, it's been little guy, and it's been great. Hey, I had like a good, I had a good 30 episode run there, which like if you really want the mwah, chef's kiss of editing of the <laughs> yeah. slow ride pod, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, thanks. Yes, I totally screwed up and did not push the correct microphone button last week. So I, I did record all of last week's podcast on my end on a microphone uh, pointed toward the other side of the room. Um, so <laughs> that's why it sounded terrible, everybody. Hopefully this one uh, turns out better when I get done with it. No, but in all seriousness, the editing has been great. Uh, and uh, Thank you. I'm sure nobody well, even noticed, which is why I wanted to call it out. Thank you. I appreciate that. I guess I'm mad in Minneapolis, too. I guess I'm at that point. <laughs> well, I don't think Tim said Tim in Orlando yet. Oh, did he? Oh, oh man. I, man, we're really messing. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Spencer. This is Tim, and I'm unbound in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is Matt saying, I hope you voted by the time you listen to this. And if you didn't, uh, come on. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation.